hotels still do have their advantages. One of those being, I keep reading this in articles and I think it's a bit of bullshit, but oh, the hotel lobby is one thing you don't get in Airbnb. Who cares? The hotel lobby is terrible. Seriously. Never Anyways. Ho- I, other than R. Kelly, I don't know who hangs out in the hotel <laughs> lobby. Nobody. <laughs> but, but my point, yeah, nice. Welcome back to another edition of The Business Boys. I'm one of your hosts, Spencer Rare. Thank you for joining us. We hope you're well wherever you are. With me, as always today, a very special episode. But uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, Jimmy Mellos. And joining him is a special, special guest. Jimmy, what's up? Yo, what's up, Spence? Having a great week, as always, in Montreal for the summertime. But enough about me. We got, a, as you said, a very, very, very special guest with us here um you know a so much background so much story so much legend behind the guy that uh, he doesn't really need much of an intro so without further ado adam lagoo how how's you doing going? boys how are you what's going on i'm uh, doing good doing good how's uh how's summer in mtl so far ah, summer in mtl is the best man uh, it's grand prix weekend just passed i wasn't here for it but it was here <laughs> you know got all the regular festivals coming up uh phew, the weather's gorgeous you know can't complain uh, two things, because I do want to quickly talk about Oceaga and who's coming, but I feel like people who aren't from Montreal, they always ask me, oh, you live in Montreal, are you big Grand Prix guy to go to the Grand Prix? And for all the years I lived in Montreal, I never went to the Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah, I feel you, man. I used to I used to work at my uncle's restaurant, so a couple summers I was like behind the bar on Peel, so it was like pretty busy street. That, mu- that must be a good time, you know? It's good very business, lucrative. It's good for meeting people. <laughs> Yeah, very lucrative in terms of getting nice tips and, uh, you know, they sub out all the Moskovskaya and bring in the Grey Goose and the Belvedere, Ooh. so it's uh, you know, nice and lucrative on the tips. And Jimmy always gets the tip from what I hear, but hey, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Spence, I'm with you. I've never been to Grand Prix myself. Lived here my, lived here my whole life, never been. Yeah, it's, it's more of a tourist event, to be honest, unless you're really into it or have a lot of money. Um, I mean, before we get going, I just want to... Is Belvedere better than Grey Goose? What's what's the uh, hierarchy of vodkas there? I think it's like a, a Gatorade, Powerade type of thing. Vodka's shit, so I don't really like. I don't really like indulge. Um, I don't know. Vodka's <laughs> not shit. You just need to. Vodka's shit. Two v one, and I'm the special guest. And Jimmy gave me three varies in the intro, so. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, it's not great. It's not my favorite, but you need to you need to make the drink correctly, and you need to use the good stuff. You need to use the Belvedere or, or the uh, Grey Goose. But enough about vodka, because we're not drinking freaking vodka today. I'm drinking a good old Molson Canadian because, uh, foreshadowing, we will be talking a little bit about Molson Coors, uh, trying to rebound from pretty disastrous past three months. But uh, good old Molson Canadian, one of my favorite beers. A lot of people might say it's not a great beer, and to all those people, I say they're dumb and don't know what they're talking about. Um, what are you guys drinking over there? I got we got some Modelo's flowing, and uh, we got a nice Business Boys Classic. Start Adam off; it's his first one. We got a Pickleback going. Yeah, yeah. What, and I, what, I, what's uh, the uh, Pickleback again? It's a shot of whiskey and a shot of pickle juice. So, without further, <laughs> I guess we're jumping right into it. Let's fucking go for it, it, man. Do Cheers. it. One after another? Yeah. He has to say the whiskey. He doesn't say whiskey. He says whiskey. Pronounce that H. Over-enunciate. How do you like it? Wow. 
That pickle juice does some good things. <laughs> I was not expecting that. It's so good. I know they're weird. They're sweeter than normal pickles. I like the bread and butter pickles. Oh, but, you? you know, you get them with a nice uh, nice dill, mm. some tangier. goes good, too. You know, pickles are a bit like vodka in that sense. You want to go with the good stuff, you know? You know, you've, you've had cheap. We've all had cheap pickles. Wait, Nobody there's different types of pickles? I Like, what what different pickles are you getting? I'm just buying the two ninety nine ones at the grocery store. Yeah, well, there's well there's uh, there's dill pickle. There's, like, uh, kosher. There's the uh, bread and butter, which I like, preferably. You know, you, you go to a nice Jewish deli, you get a nice big pickle. <sighs> you know? They even sell bagged pickles at the dollar store now. Not sure if I trust that. I think everything is better pickled. Not I eggs. Not everything. Not pickled eggs. Egg I've, I've actually never Absolutely. had that. I don't know. I can't imagine it would be good, as good as like a nice over easy egg. <laughs> but hey, I guess don't knock it till you try it, right? <laughs> the egg's hard boiled in those. I'm pretty sure, Mister Chef over there. What? Spe- speaking of chefs, chef it up, bro. Yeah, uh, some some kind of uh, disappointing news last week. Uh, Anthony Bourdain passed away. I'm a pretty big fan. I watched a bunch of his shows. Uh, guy was really funny. He ate some disgusting shit, like shark and goat intestines and stuff and various animal testicles. Um, but he always kept it real. Uh, he would have fit in very nicely with the business boys because supposedly he liked his booze and his smokes. Uh, very Canadian of him, even though he's definitely not Canadian. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, RIP, bro. And um, you know, thanks for all the laughters and cool food tips. Uh, this brings me to our first little jargon here. Your favorite meal from another city. And I'm going to start it off. I haven't, I'm not a well-traveled individual. I haven't been to too many places. But there's one place that will always stick out to me. And that is Café de Close in Amsterdam. The ribs there are absolutely fantastic. I mean, this place is so good. We had to get there at 4 o'clock right when it opened. Because if you get there at 4.30 or past, you're going to wait an hour and a half in line. Um, just delicious, succulent ribs, which I did not expect would be you know, on the, on the menu in Amsterdam, on the hot thing to do. But I went with actually four people from Israel. They took me there. We drank many beers. We ate delicious ribs. And the best part was like 30 bucks the whole meal. Uh, oh, no, I mean, it's Europe prices. is amazing. But those ribs stick out to me um, from someone less traveled. What about you guys? Well, uh, you know, kind of like yourself, Spence, I've been around a few times, but not not, not a world traveler like, uh, like some. And you're just laying this question on me, so I've been wrestling in my head for the last couple of seconds. And... Uh, but but I think I want to go with I don't have a specific restaurant or anything but I think I want to go with Boston's clam chowder oh. a nice New England clam chowder Chowder. on a cold January day you know maybe before going to a Pats game or something oh I think that just hits the spot Ooh. that just hits the spot right where you want it I have not been I thought you're yeah I was gonna say you're you're a Yanks fan you're going with the the rivals there what's going on man you know this Spence don't you. <laughs> I thought, you, were, he's I a thought pa- you liked the Yanks, baby. He's a NYC. Gina's the man. I'm a fan of both, but hey, uh, they're different sports, you know. I embrace the rivalry between the two cities. I just, I'm not from either of those cities, so why do I have to choose sides? Oh, that's very patriotic of you. And, that, and hey, uh, speaking of both teams in baseball, I mean, they very well 
I mean, not very well. They're definitely the two best teams of baseball in my Oof, eyes. Absolutely. Maybe the Strohs in there, but God The Strohs are very good, but it's going to be real fun watching them go down the stretch. And you know what? It's funny. I was watching the Yankees game last night, or was it two nights ago? And they were just saying how it's going to be so punishing because they're probably the two best teams in baseball, the Yankees and Red Sox. And one of them is going to have to go play in a wild card game and put their whole season on one game against like Justin Verlander or something like that. I mean, that's pretty brutal. That is true, and that's uh, I didn't even think about that. The only thing I'm excited of is when the Jays are so bad in September, I get to go see these teams for $7. Ah, <laughs> the dream. I yeah. wish we could do a whole podcast on baseball. Well, maybe we could do it live and... from uh, the Jays stadium in the outfield. I heard Mookie Betts is a fan of the show, so I mean, we'll see. <laughs> I, hey, I believe you. All right, we could get into baseball coming back to Montreal, but that would take up way too much time. Oh, ah, we'll, we'll, we'll save that one. Jimmy, My uh, boy Jimmy here, we're wearing his Expo shirt today for those who can't see us uh, right now. Oh, yeah, very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got to do it. Pedro. You know me. I'm a good sporting fellow. I guess uh, you, know, you guys had a nice little jingle there, but I'm going to say my favorite food anyways. <laughs> Forgot <laughs> all about that. <laughs> got a t- it's a tough choice because there's, I mean, you can't go wrong with a nice Chicago dog. Like just the the ingredients are fantastic. Even they even throw a little celery salt on there, the sport peppers, the pickles, the multicolored relish. It's fantastic. Um, I noticed recently, appropriately as I'm interrupting, like I always do. You did not mention ketchup on that hot dog, which is the correct answer. Correct. And I applaud yeah, you for that. Ketchup. We've said it on the pod before, it's overrated, and especially on a really good hot dog. You just don't want to put ketchup on it. No. No. It's for, if you're four, it's fine, as we always say. But So there's the Chicago <laughs> dogs, and then oh, I love. I was in Wisconsin recently, and I, they, okay, they deep fried cheese curds, man. Like, you know the cheese curds that you get in the Ooh. Quebec poutine? They deep fry that shit with a nice aioli. Man, is it good. Land of the cheese heads, man. Can't go that's, wrong. Uh, yeah, that's that's very interesting. Speaking wow. of cheese curds, Spence, you must be you must be missing Montreal. I know you come back every now and then, but when it, from poutine to steamies to smoked meat, just so many. If this question was towards Montreal, we could talk all day about it. Yeah, I, I honestly thought about saying La Belle Provence in Montreal. Uh, if anyone is visiting Montreal and you you need to get La Belle Provence, preferably at two a.m. after having a few alcoholic beverages but um i would say smoke meat labelle provence boostans you got your montreal food i'm sure there's like a million amazing restaurants in montreal and i just ignore them all speaking of boostan spence we gotta we gotta bring you up to speed since you're out in toronto jimmy you must have noticed boostan is opening up everywhere now. oh yeah everywhere like there used off. to be one or two is that, is that now there's like thing? seven of them I don't know. I, I go to the one on, like, I went to the, the one right up down my street uh, just the other day. And it's it's good, man. It's solid. It's got the garlic sauce. It's, they load it up. It's, it's perfect, man. They, still, another they grill the wraps. The oh, that's the best part is they grill the wraps. Hmm. I don't uh, like gonna, we're going to have to get one, one here in Toronto. Grilled. Lightly grilled? Yeah, lightly grilled. Hey, bring it to Toronto, man. I would love that. This shawarma is not very good here. I don't think they could handle Busan out there. Uh, we kind of got, uh, Jimmy, I know you had a good, would you rather, I would love to do that before we pop into some business news. Oh, I did have a good, would you rather? And it actually came cause I was at, uh, our buddy John's the other day having a lovely soiree with him and his fiance. And, um, 
they have a soda stream and they have these like, you know, you can get like the Coca-Cola syrup or the ginger ale syrup that you can mix in. So you can make like full on soft drinks. And I used to work at a restaurant. So I've tried like what the syrup just tastes like. And let me tell you, it's fucking disgusting. Like it's just like (laughs) syrup of like a Coca-Cola. So my would you rather is, would you rather drink like six, two liter of Coca-Colas in a day? Or would you rather drink like a beer sized glass of the syrup? I've Six never had this or one glass. I've yeah. never had this uh, syrup, so I can't really say. But drinking six two liters, you probably feel like shit. I love Coke, so I'll go with the Coke just because I don't know what the syrups like. But uh, yeah, so I don't know a thing about this syrup either. But um, I am not a Coke guy, and it's not because I don't like Coke as a brand. It's because I'm not a soft drink guy at all. I don't drink Pepsi. I don't drink ginger ale. I don't drink whatever. I, I'm not a soft drink guy. So I think six two liters of that would just knock me on my ass. So I'm going to go with the syrup. <laughs> I'll take the syrup. What's with soft drinks you don't like, man? They're delicious. I don't know, man. I've, ever since I was a kid, I've never been into that gazzy stuff, you know? Do you it like, uh, do you like Perrier? It, What's that? Do you like Perrier? No. Yeah, no. Me neither. Perrier, got, uh, just never do it. We've got this these two taps at work, and one of them is flat water, and the other one's sparkling water. Oh, you couldn't pay me to touch that sparkling water stuff. <laughs> I, am I flat agree. All the way. My huge issue is I I feel like it's gonna taste like Seven Up or Sprite, and it tastes like nothing, and I just can't get over that. It's just so weird. Water water just doesn't need to be messed with at all. I mean, no H two O is classic. Water is the best drink. I mean, I drink so much freaking water every day. I agree. So do I. I pound water. Just ask Bobby Boucher, man. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more. The the water boy, man. All-star linebacker. Probably the best uh, football player to never play in the show. I mean, this guy was just uh, an all-star tackler. College records at uh, something South State. I forget. (laughs) Shout out Bobby Boucher. But... Speaking of work there, Adam Lagu, um, big Air, Airbnb, well, luxury retreats, but uh, you know, yeah. owned by Airbnb. That's correct. Lots of news coming out of there these days. Uh, you know, plans to do some full service trips, give customers the ultimate experience. So, why don't you mm. tell us a bit about that? Sure. Uh, I think now's a good time for me to crack my second beer, but um, yeah. <laughs> just, just, I've, you know, I just noticed said, I've been drinking mine way too fast. I should have gotten another one. <laughs> Nothing it's, wrong with that. When there's three people, there's like less talk time. So mm. there's more drink time, I guess. So I started working at a company called Luxury Retreats in November of 2016. About five months later, in February 2017, we were acquired by Airbnb. So Luxury Retreats is basically what Airbnb is, but for the high end. We specialize in villa rentals and um, and not just homes, but we, do actually, we actually did, um, you know, kind of cover the whole trip. We would, one of our, our major selling points was the concierge service. So uh, we have a team of concierges who some would be on site, some would be in our office in Montreal, uh, who would literally kind of, you know, be at your beck and call almost for, if you're the guest, for your entire trip. So we'd pack your itinerary and then the whole way through, if there were any issues at the home or anything you needed to get done, we would do that for you. So that's a company that started in 1999 right here in Montreal. Uh, the founder and CEO's name is Joe Poulain. He was 17, believe it or not, at the time that he started that company. Wow. So he's now 35 and uh, ran it for about, I guess, 18 years and then finally uh, made a pretty big move for him, which was um, selling his company to Airbnb 
2017. Three hundred million, by the for way, for about two hundred, three hundred million. So in the in the media, they were reporting between two hundred and three hundred million. We didn't have any inside information on that. That's that's all we knew as well. It was never really confirmed the exact number, but uh, pretty good deal. And uh, they kept him on. Joe has stayed on to run uh, the luxury division of Airbnb. Uh, do you want me to go right into talking about you know that that integration or what, where do you want to go with this, Jim? I don't know. You're on fire right now, so you, <laughs> you do you, man. <laughs> when uh, when Airbnb first came in, you know it was a big shock, but we, we knew something was going on. Uh, people had you know we'd start to see some strange people visiting the office and rumors about Expedia and uh, other kind of you know companies like that. But Airbnb was not really one of them that we had heard about. And then probably the day before. Uh, the actual acquisition was announced. We, we we started reading in the media that you know luxury treats had been acquired by Airbnb, and so you know when you read something like that, you you figure it's going to be true because it's very specific and it's pretty high profile. And so we figured it was a done deal. We got an email from our CEO saying, uh, you know, I know you've been reading stuff in the media. We have a, a company all hands tomorrow. We're going to talk uh, about the news, and there he went and announced it to us on February. 8th or 9th, uh, 2017. And ever since, it's been uh, only good, really, I can say, as, a, as an employee of Luxury Retreats. They've invested a lot in Montreal. Um, when I started, it was about 240 employees. We're up to over 400 now. Uh, the company's invested in Montreal. And basically, if I can try and simplify uh, what they've done, what we've been doing ever since, is Luxury Retreats, as it stands, still exists. Um, still operates as a as a highly profitable business but um airbnb who had never really done luxury before um they had had you know they had some high profile celebrities i'm thinking kim kardashian and the jenners they had booked through airbnb on these mansions but they hadn't done it properly they hadn't done it the airbnb way so their best path was acquisition and so what we're doing now is airbnb and luxury teams retreats are teaming up to uh, build a new brand called Beyond. That name was uh, revealed maybe a month or two ago. Uh, Brian Chesky gave, that's the CEO of Airbnb, gave a um, kind of a, uh, I don't know what to call it, a, an all-hands meeting, not with just the company, but with hosts and with, um, you know, travelers that use the platform and with, with media. And he announced that along with a few other announcements. And basically the brand is, it's called Beyond and it's supposed to combine the, everything that Luxury Retreats did for 19 years or 18 years. Uh, with um, with the way, way Airbnb operates. So that's where we are now, the launch. I think we've done a soft launch with uh, some media members and some employees, and then uh, there's a few iterations of launch, and hard launch will come sometime in the fall. Awesome. Great stuff. Uh, great info, great inside info there, Adam. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah, I'm fascinated by Airbnb. It's one of the biggest... Um, it has one of the highest private company valuations. I think it's around thirty-one billion when you look online. You can't, yeah, you, you, you know, it. take that with a grain of salt because it's pretty hard to to value anything before IPO. Although rumors of an IPO next year are are circulating, so uh, be on the lookout for that. Yeah. So he did say, um, "We he I can't remember the exact words he said. We are ready to do an IPO in twenty nineteen, but we may or may not." Right. Basically. Yeah. There's there's a lot of yeah, when you go public, everything changes. Um, so I'm kind of interested because we're in this kind of period of this shareage of personal space with Uber and Airbnb, which is something like I've debated Airbnb in my condo for certain things. 
I don't know if I want some random in my place of living. I could see like if I had a second condo or something like that. Like I don't want someone coming in and like, I don't know, jerking off on my bed sheet. Like I just don't. <laughs> like, like, that's the major okay. concern. That's the li- that's the line we can cross. Okay, now I get as go as a guest to the yes. show. Now I see how far we can go. Talking, <laughs> talking about masturbation. Okay. Um, but um, I will say that my I live in a condo complex in Toronto, and I would say at least forty percent of the building is Airbnbs. Which are these is Airbnbs people that live there like you and they're they're hanging with their their guests or their second home? No, they I'm most of them have a second home. And I say that like on my floor, people will I won't see my neighbors. I'll see my neighbors once or twice a year and then I'll see a variety of guests and certain people in the building. I know there's a lot of these condo meetings, which I don't attend because who the fuck attends those. And, uh, you know, people are like, oh, the Airbnb is like, it's so bad. Like, I don't mind it whatsoever. I met some, a lovely couple from Brazil a few weeks ago. Um, there was a, there was a bunch of people having a party next door. Um, a few weeks ago, I, I went in, had a beer with them. I could get it if you have a family, but if you have a family, what the fuck are you doing in a condo building anyways? Like probably, you know, get a small house or something. Um, but yeah, I think. What's really interesting to me is like now the hotel companies are all complaining like, oh, we're losing business, but it's their own goddamn fault. Like they had this industry, like they haven't changed anything in the hotel industry in the last 20 years. What has changed in a hotel room? It's still the same old two beds, crappy carpet, smells like crap, bathroom. There's no fridge. There's a shitty coffee machine in that. Like there's no kitchenette. So I really think it's like the cab driver thing. They only have. I was just gonna to say, blame. Spence. I was just gonna say, what have cabs changed in the last since we've been using cabs? I mean, it's, it's exactly, a terrible product. It's exactly it. it. They it's they thought service. they had a monopoly on the industry, which they did, and they just refused to change. And we we always talk about it on this podcast. You have to always be innovating and creating new products. You're overcharging for these hotel rooms, and you're offering offering literally no amenities. It's it's crazy. The the one. The one thing I will add is, is um, like we've seen, we've seen it more with Uber, but I think we're starting to see it more with Airbnb is the one, I, it's not really a problem, but it's kind of like a, a constraint is the litigation cases. Like Uber has so many lawsuits because it's, it's, I mean, obviously they're not like trained like drivers and that. I, I mean, I've almost died in an Uber with a terrible driver. And that was my concern. And now I'm starting to see more and more with Airbnb. So you have, they have dope lawyers because they win all their cases. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But as it keeps growing and growing and growing, you could you could assume, you know, the hotels are going to come after them. Uh, condo building, stuff like that will come after them. So, so that'll be a big hurdle, I think, going forward. And I agree with you. But it's like the simple, simple argument I can give you is like, yeah, you almost got into an accident in, in an Uber one time, but... Couldn't that have happened in a cab? Of course it could have. Oh, it's, for sure. You know, you can't just say, because you got almost got into an accident once in an Uber, that it's because Ubers are bad. And no, it's no, the no, same no. that goes I, for I, Airbnbs. I, I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying yeah. this guy had no business driving anywhere. Right. Like, he should be banned from having a license. <laughs> right. And, I, and I've stayed in Airbnbs myself, to be honest, where the host isn't quite up to par. Uh, and that's one of the big things that Airbnb is tackling is quality. Uh, and they're they're doing a really good job. I'm a little biased here, obviously, but they're doing a good job of 
of uh, trying to up the quality of their product. But I think the point is um, what you got at there a little bit is, yeah, the product with a hotel room might be, it's predictable, right? Um, but it's boring in a way. It's bland. It's and especially when it comes to millennials, that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for something with a little character, a little personality. I hate to say the word millennial because it comes up in every freaking podcast and article you read, but it's true. I mean, this generation and even the younger one. And, you're sitting next you know, to a guy who eats egg whites every day, man. What do you, what do you think <laughs> we're – come on. Yeah, I love my what egg whites. Too hey, good for no, the What's going on? You're ripping on my egg whites. But I think millennial is like a euphemism for this attitude of like wanting a certain thing. And even our parents' generation is kind of getting on board with that, you know? You get used to a certain – uh, level of standard of living, standard of living, or a level of personalization, which is what we're getting with Airbnb, and that's what you want. And then you go into a hotel room, hotel room, and you, you know, I don't know if they still put the Bibles in the drawers, but you oh, get that. They definitely do. They do. You they get do. those horrible, uh, you know, uh, bed sheets they give you, and it's like I don't feel like I'm at home here. You know? Yeah, and like I, I travel a lot for work, and like I'm always in a hotel, uh, like for my quick little in and out trips. You know, two days, three days. But I find if you're like as consulting grows is like these these kind of jobs where you end up staying in a place for you know over a week you know maybe you'll stay at a, in a at a place for a couple of weeks maybe you're training at a new location a new office well i find what's huge is that you can have a fucking fridge and a stove mm. and you can be healthy yes, exactly. and like have your own place and like kind of enjoy like almost like a more homey experience instead of eating like like eating out all the time going to get beers and being unhealthy, spending a lot more money, and then you come back and it's like, oh, you're just sitting in, on a bed in front of a TV. You know? So here, here's something I've been thinking about. A little brain, maybe we can do a little brainstorm here, and I think you guys are good guys to have this conversation with because we're all sports guys here. But something that I think would be great for the future of Airbnb, and maybe it's already going on over at headquarters in San Francisco, which, by the way, is the most insane office you've ever seen. Um, something I've been thinking about is Airbnb has. I don't want to say dominated, but they've picked up a really good share of uh, the market of people like us who won't even travel in hotels anymore. If it's up to them, we'll go to Airbnb. I think um, hotels still do have their advantages. One of those being, I keep reading this in articles and I think it's a bit of bullshit, but oh, the hotel lobby is one thing you don't get in Airbnb. Who cares? The hotel lobby is terrible. Seriously. Other than R. Kelly, I don't know who hangs out in the hotel lobby. Nobody. (laughs) But... But my point, yeah, nice. Uh, my point, though, where I was going with that is, you know, there are certain things that a hotel has that an Airbnb doesn't. Um, you know, you, we've all been on those school trips where we're, uh, you know, the whole grade is staying in the same hotel and we're on the same floor or like a hockey or basketball tournament where, you know, you're all with your buddies playing mini sticks on the floor. Um, professional athletes still travel in hotels. Imagine Airbnb got them to change that. Imagine they went up to, I don't know, Mark Cuban and said, we want the Mavericks to travel only an Airbnb. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, I think you'd have to get some sort of commercial um, deal or something with the league and with people, or, or maybe it, it would be tough to do because, like, you got to stay in the same building, I guess, with the team, right? You don't. I guess really you want... do, but do you? Because I, I, well, I mean, I've heard it's not so much nowadays, but you know, you know, athletes on the road. You know, I, I heard stories back in the 70s and 80s. You know, they're, they're out partying and all this stuff. So you probably don't want to let, like, um, a party animal loose. Dennis Rodman. I hear you, but look, uh, we, we live in Montreal. You live in Toronto. Those are fun cities. I remember P.K. Subban when he was here, and even Carey Price, who was here playing for the Habs. Like, 
these guys live in Montreal. So, yeah, they have 41 road games where they're on the road, but 41 home games where they're in Montreal, they can go and party here too, you know? I, I didn't think of that. And if the if the athletes were to were to live at other athletes' place? Why not? Why not? Yeah, or that, 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 well, that's even different. That could be like a home-sharing thing. Like, like, a, like PK stays at like... Yeah. I uh, don't really know hockey, but like right. Jose Tedor's well, place. Well, he's <laughs> the, the, well, I think that doesn't really work because if he's in that city, then that guy's not going to be on the road. He's going to be in that city playing against yeah. PK. Yeah. But I see where you're going with that, a little home sharing. They do that with uh, if a guy gets traded to a city or something, he might you know take over the place of the guy he got traded for. They'll like swap places or something. I like that. It's convenient. I, I th- you know what? I think, I think that's an idea that you can maybe take with you to the top, my friend. Hey. I got the end, right? <laughs> what, what was interesting to me when I was uh, doing a bit of research on Airbnb was the way it started was they put an air mattress on their shitty apartment floor and rented that out, which I guess that's where the name comes from, Airbnb. Exactly. Is it, which is hilarious. That um, is funny. I never got it because I think in Canada, we always call them air mattresses. But what I learned is that in the States, or at least in California, they call them air beds. So uh, it was air bed and breakfast was the original name. And then they right, it to right. But I had never heard anyone say talk about an air bed before. And then they said, yeah, yeah. We, they would say it like in a sentence, like, oh, we had these air beds in our closet. I'm like, what the hell's an air bed? And then it all kind of clicked. <laughs> but yeah, that does their Airbnb is really passionate. Um, their, their founders are really passionate about the founding story. It's like something that will get drilled into your head if you're an employee there. And it's a really not cool a, founding story. It is. Like, it's not something to laugh at. It's, a, it's an amazing founding story. And this is the great thing about millennials, too, is we're taking these de- these old, old industries and we're thinking of new ways to kind of reinvent them. And all the older people are kind of poo-pooing on it. Poo there, poo there. Um, like, it just makes <laughs> sense. It's good business. Like, it's an amazing idea. And it's focused on the customers, which we've consistently said on this show it's all about the customer like you have to deliver an exceptional product or service to the customer and then everything else will come together i will say though i because i'm i always back the good old millennials and we you know we we do take heat but i think one thing that we take for granted often is we you know we talk about you know people don't stay up to date with the industry and you need to always be improving and all this stuff i'm gonna back the old folks we are the first generation of people to have witnessed such an acceleration in technology. Mm-hmm. Like we understand that we understand that like one day there can be a technology and the next day there can be something, something, something completely different and that you do have to innovate. Whereas before all this stuff, like the, like the latest invention that changed the industry was like the fucking printing press. Like, you know what I mean? Like there hasn't like there, there's never like this whole like consistently R&D consistently innovating hasn't even been a trend until technology is like picked up the pace in the last like 15 years, 20 years or so. So I think that like no one's even you like people can lit, work in an industry their whole lives and do things the same fucking way all the time. And it's never even been a problem. It's only like now like. People, not only do they not understand technology, they don't understand how quickly mm-hmm. it can change an industry. And I think, you know, we, we, we do take that for granted at times. I think that's a stellar point, Jim. And, and what it what it does for us and for our kind of behavior is it makes us open to almost to anything. Like if you take an idea like Airbnb and just simplify it and go, uh, you're going to stay, you're going to travel, you're going to go to Dallas, you're going to sleep on somebody's couch or in their bed. And like, he's going to be a stranger, but you're just going to stay there instead of a hotel. Most people in the world are going to be like, the first time they hear that, like, 
seriously? What? Weird. And we might have been that that way too the first time we heard it. But I think we've seen so many of these innovations like Uber and Airbnb that our generation is so used to it that the next thing that comes along, we're just like, yeah, that makes sense. Gonna try it. That makes sense. Let's try it. You know, my grandfather, he, uh, he used to, one of his favorite expressions, it wasn't really an expression. It was just something he said a lot was it w- he had a bit of a Francophone accent. He'd go, what will they think of next? It's always what he said. Well, like, let's say he, he heard of Airbnb for the first time. He'd go, what are they going to think of next? You know? And that's the way that generation works is like everything is shocking. Like, wait, we can tape things on my VCR now. Wait, now I have a DVD player. Like these slow changes like Jimmy was talking about are so shocking to them. The changes are so much faster these days, but we're not shocked. No, not at all. And and I remember, I clearly remember this, this memory. It's getting slightly off topic, but I was in a meeting at my previous employer and I had brought up an idea that was kind of unconventional but I thought was appropriate for the time we're, we're going in. And the the older um, people in the room kind of initially scoffed at the idea. And then, uh, yeah, they scoffed. They scoffed. And then <laughs> sure sure enough, sure enough, a few weeks later, we, we were deploying that idea. So um, I think we are a lot more reception, receptive to change. And in my opinion, change for the better. That's for sure. Uh, like I personally would much, if I'm going somewhere for an extended period of time, I'd much rather, uh, stay in an Airbnb and be able to cook my own food and have a place that's more like my home than some crappy hotel room where I'm reading the Bible past like falling asleep every night. You said it, Spence. It's more like home. Like that's literally, um, kind of the Airbnb, um, motto in a way their 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 real slogan right now, or their mantra is you know, belong anywhere. Uh, one of their old ones was uh, travel, uh, live like a local. And uh, the point is, you know, we want to, uh, he probably looked at it, the industry and said, Brian Chesky did. And he probably said, man, why should I travel and hate the place I'm staying in? Why shouldn't I just kind of be at home, but on the road? Right. Yeah. Gr- great stuff there. I, I, I couldn't agree more with everything that was said. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to Uber and Airbnb IPO because they are gonna they are gonna IPO at some point. I'm, I mean, you, you when your company's worth so much, you have to go public unless you don't want to make money. So yeah, I'll be the only thing I don't like about like public companies because like I've like you know working with like in retailers and stuff like that. I've seen both sides, right? Like companies like Whole Foods, where all the like employees are getting like squeezed and everything is bottom line, bottom line, bottom line. And the fucking owners are like super fucking rich, but every dollar you spend is like scrutinized. But then, but then there's like, you know, the, 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 the stores that I see, it's like, oh, we own like, you know, we're like a high V for example, every store is like independently owned, but so there's no, but they're private. There's no like scrutiny from the public to like always cut costs and, and all this stuff, but they're still rich as fuck. Like you, like you can still be rich as fuck and have a private company with way less stress. And those are, I find, always, like, the least stress, happiest people. You're not going to, like, fucking take over an industry that way. So I agree if that's, like, the path you want. But private company, uh, it, it, it tickles my fancy. It does, eh? Yeah. It's definitely, it's yeah, it definitely has its pros for sure. But if, yeah. if, you, if, if you're the owner of one of these companies, I mean, you, you want to go public. Trust me. It's tempting. It's tempting. Dude, it's a huge, I think, it's a uh, huge payday, man. It's a massive it is, but like overnight, yeah, but overnight. All, I mean, but if you already own 150 stores, mm. 
Like your paydays are already pretty spectacular. Like, do I need like yeah, but at that shareholders point, breathing down my butthole? Well, you're you're working for your investors at that point. They're the ones breathing down your neck to go public. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. you. And and you know maybe you want to set up your 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 son and your grandson and your granddaughter and your great granddaughter. You want to set up generations of your family, right? So I can see that way. I can see that if you're going to put a personal spin on it, I can see it that way. Like yeah. I can if I do if I don't sell if I don't uh, go public, I'm worth this much, and my kids will be okay, and my grandkids will be okay. But if I go public and make this much money it's like seven generations down the line yeah but like fuck them they have to learn like you know they can't mm. just be born rich then they'll turn out to little fucking assholes <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta like who? who are you thinking about oh so many people <laughs> <laughs> i knew that came from somewhere jim <laughs> so i don't know like we got a bunch of shit we can talk about today but that was nice and lengthy well i'm glad i uh, just want to say thanks for having me on to talk about that mm, uh you know even though I didn't technically apply to work for Airbnb. I worked for another company and got it bought, but I love the company. And as you guys can see, I love talking about it. Um, so I'm glad you guys had me on. Let's yeah, see what's sure. next. No, yeah, definitely appreciate the insight. Uh, yeah, we did go a bit long there, but who cares? This is the last pod before we take a little hiatus. So I, I think maybe we should quickly kind of touch on the Apple developer conference, see what's coming out with the new Apple updates. Yeah, absolutely. Some great stuff. Some uh, some nice uh, nice stuff for us obs- cell phone obsessed millennials. Um, new features are going to be focused on improving the do not disturb and app usage limitations to help with smartphone addiction. All that's coming on iOS 12. Um, so some things like I set a timer for do not disturb. So if you're going to want to slam down some work for an hour or two or you're going to bed and you want to do not disturb not to wake you up for... You know, your six hours or your eight hours, whatever uh, whatever you like. Um, more organization of notifications so you can group or bundle them together. So like when Spence drunk texts me like six times, I can get those all bundled into one. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, like, you know, if you have like uh, that way, I won't be getting like five alerts from, you know, Clash Royale that I haven't logged on or I need to, I forgot to unlock a chest. It'll all be grouped into one notification. I don't know, Jim, I've had some pretty good drunk voicemails from you. I'd want to get those right away. <laughs> <laughs> well, it gives you the option. Yeah. <laughs> what, was, what was cool to me from the uh, conference was some of the AR features coming to it. So there's one that sticks out is like you can have four people on separate iPads building um, the same like Lego uh Thing you're building <laughs> i couldn't think of a better word I, I don't wait you can do lego on the ipad now yeah but you can all do it in ar and all look at the same kind of like lego con- construction thing whatever you're building oh, and you that's can all fucking cool. kind of build it which which is pretty dope um lot, lots of ar features uh series getting some new shortcuts so you can let's say you like forget your keys you can just assign to siri uh where are my keys and siri will i don't know do its thing. Well, it's a key finding app that they talk to. It's like an app that'll help you find your keys. But what they did is they opened up like the the integrations so that that the, the, it's a key finding app that someone else developed. But because they're able to link more with Siri now, that if you have that finding the key app, you don't have to go to the app and then get it to find your keys. You can ask Siri, and because of the open, I guess API, if you will, um, Siri will then use the app to find your keys. So it just kind of shortens it up makes it a little bit more integrated and uh, easier to use uh, okay cool 
And uh, FaceTime, um, you will be able to multi-FaceTime. I think right now it's just two people, which is a bit ridiculous. But from what I saw, you can go up to 32 people now on the new iOS 12 FaceTime, which yeah. is maybe excessive, but definitely good for business meetings and stuff. Um, Cracker Game Millennial Edition. <laughs> I don't even think I have 32 friends. I don't know. Yeah, some interesting stuff coming out of Apple. No, no, like, of course, no groundbreaking new product or anything, which we really haven't seen for a while from them. But the watch, but like, getting some upgrades too, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, Apple Watch starting to gain more and more popularity. I haven't worn a watch since I was about five years old, and I probably won't for another 100 years. But yeah, I think... Uh, <laughs> I live old. <laughs> you know, Apple now is in this, in this period where... They've just got such good customer attention and they're just expanding all their services. And that is really kind of where the money's coming in with their service revenue going forward. Um, you could see that like iPhone sales are, they're obviously not uh, declining, but they're kind of flattening out a little bit. You think that's kind of more, is that more because lost of competitors or is that more because of, you know, people are actually not breaking their fucking iPhones all the time. Well, there's more competitors now, uh, especially in the Chinese market. It's very competitive, the, the global smartphone market. But, I mean, I've said it, I think, on this pod before. I really think since Steve Jobs kind of passed away that Apple's true innovation of new products has really been non-existent. Hmm. They did come out with a bunch, a bunch of new products while he was there. They have been improving them. As they've been going along, seems like there's some good stuff, but nothing, uh, no groundbreaking new products. I haven't, haven't even heard wind of one, so it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward. But no one else has come up with anything great in the past in the past no. little while either. So I haven't lost my iPhone in like two years, so that's got to have something to do with the sales for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Apple TV too. I think they're getting more uh, sports and uh, streaming and and live like live sports and live news too. Apple TV, I guess, kind of their most failed product if you will um so i don't like it I, i've honestly never used it so i can't really i'm an apple it. tv guy oh I'm nice an apple tv guy for sure yep watch uh technically netflix i don't watch too much netflix but if i do it's through that i've got the mlb package uh it's like it's a steal when you compare it with what you pay for nfl nfl is like 350 bucks or something and mlb is like 130 bucks for the whole year that's ridiculous get way more games yeah I mean, that, that makes no more sense games. Uh, get that through Apple TV, get the NH, the Rogers NHL app through, uh, through Apple TV, uh, can watch YouTube on Apple TV. That's, that's pretty much, I'd say all I use it for. Plus, um, uh, mirroring my phone or, or uh, stream, uh, not streaming, but, but, uh, airplaying, what do you call it? What's the term to put mute, to throw music onto the, uh, the screen. You stream it. Stream airplane. it. Yeah, airplane. Airplane. Yeah, sure. I'm airplane it. I find, but that's probably why. Just going back to the baseball thing, that's probably why baseball is cheaper. Is that there's so many fucking there's games. So many games you don't that, watch like, them all. That the ad revenue and like the like per game, like how many people are watching each game, is right. probably a lot well, less than NFL. Of course, like, I mean, like you know, I Spencer was ripping on me before for my team choices. I'm a Patriots fan and a Yankees fan, but <laughs> I, I watch a hundred percent of the Patriots game. I haven't missed a game in like I don't know five years probably. I watch sixteen games a year, and every playoff game, which is a lot usually with them. Now the Yankees, I'm also a diehard fan, but I don't 
I don't watch. You can't watch. You can't. Game. You can't. Yeah. You, you can't. Your life would crumble. It would absolutely be destroyed. <laughs> I wouldn't hold down a job. Wouldn't have any friends. I, well, you, you honestly, the only way to watch every game is to like literally be the play-by-play announcer yeah. or be on the team. Seriously, you know, you have to or be the GM, and he probably doesn't even watch every game. Yeah, so. yeah, you get that's that's kind of cool. That's what I like about baseball too, though, is when you're buying tickets, you can scout out the pitching matchups, which I always do. And then I target yeah, a match. You can pick and choose. Yeah, I target it's a It's like pi- a buffet. <laughs> exactly. I usually target a pitching matchup that I want to see, or I go for the pitching matchup that no one wants to see and get those cheaper tickets. See, Spence, I'm so jealous of you right now. Just like I said at the beginning, just talking about casually going to baseball games. We don't have a freaking team in the city anymore. I wish, like, you live right next to the stadium, right? You still live there? Oh, yeah. Like, that's, that's awesome, man. Summer in Toronto, going to Jays games. How many games do you go to a year? Uh, it's been declining since the past few years. I got to be honest. I've only been to one game so far this year. I usually hit my stride in late August, September. That's when I like to go to games. The summer's winding down. You know, the the intensity of the games picks up. The the Jays, the Jays are are either really good. So you're in or they really suck. So the tickets are cheap. I know we've gone on a tangent here, but I just want to ask Spence one more thing before we move on. If we're going to, you guys are the host. Oh, I dude! Uh, <laughs> I was watching. I was watching the uh, the Yankees Mets game on Sunday. So last night, primetime game, and uh, who comes into the game as a pinch hitter for the Mets? But your boy Jose Bautista. Um, what What are your thoughts on him now? He's trying to keep their career going. Played for the Braves for a little bit. Now he's with the Mets. I like it. Nothing yeah. more than a pinch hitter at this point. It's kind of sad. I mean, he's thirty seven, but I think he still has some game left in him. Yeah, I think. Um... He's probably, other than the the early 90s championships teams in Toronto, which will uh, live on forever, their their uh, reputation, in the in the late 2000s and, and in the recent years, he's probably, he probably represents the Blue Jays um, more than anyone. If you were to ask a, someone who doesn't watch Blue Jays, they would know who Jose Bautista is. Um, you know, he was an amazing hitter. Uh, you can't deny that. I thought that he was probably a bit overrated later on in his Jays career. I definitely thought I would have rather them retain Edwin last year when he left. Oh yeah, you're right about that. But um, you know, it's it's always good. You know, it's good to see him still in the show and still uh, still out there uh, pinch hitting, and uh, he could still hit it out of the park every now and then. So. He can, he can, for sure. Also, I, I heard he figure. used to ride his uh, a s- electric scooter around Toronto, which is awesome. <laughs> so, style points for him. And right? I think I saw him downtown, but he kind of looks like a lot of other people. Because he just had sunglasses and a beard, so. Well, let me just throw this out there. I always I always thought, this is not going to be interesting to any listeners. Well, maybe it will, because they might know the guy. Our dear friend, uh, Stephen Rassi, I always found he was a doppelganger for Jose Bautista. It's someone with a beard and uh, dark hair, and they can they can look like him. He's, he's not a huge guy either, I don't believe. But, uh, yeah, he had great power, and obviously the, the backflip home run was uh, – I vividly remember that. Loved uh, the backflip. Yeah, even though it was a crushing uh, end to that season. So uh, good to see him back in the show. Good to see Jose still – Joey Bat still – Still out there uh, swinging the the baseball bat, good for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know the Jays are pretty brutal this year. Not like I wasn't expecting that. So hopefully they can uh, 
build up that prospect. Good old, good old Toronto sports, eh? Build up that prospect <laughs> uh, pool a little more, and uh, Vladdy Jr. comes up soon. That'd be awesome. You know who's up there in first place in the National League in their division is the Braves, who have Alex Anthopoulos at the helm there. Oh, of course, boy. right. Because <laughs> like, we got you know, rid of him for no they, reason. What were they doing getting rid of that guy? Oh, this is... Uh, I don't even want to get into it. I'm going to start <laughs> ripping on Rogers, and Sorry. yeah, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to get into that too much. Let's uh, let's quickly, Jim, Jimmy. What do you want to talk to? We're not going to get in, get through everything today. Do we want to touch on Molson Coors or maybe uh, Kentucky Fried Fake Chicken or what do we want to talk about before we wrap things up? This is all pretty millennial shit we got <laughs> going on here. The next three topics are <laughs> kombucha. <laughs> Fake vegan chicken and getting rid of plastic straws. So it's a millennial episode today. Um, we'll just rifle through. Molson Coors acquires soft drink brand Clearly Kombucha for an undisclosed sum. So not only is it kombucha, but it's so obviously kombucha. It's clearly kombucha. <laughs> one of kombucha, one of the fastest growing segments in the packaged soft drink industry. That was hard to say. Um, for those of you who don't know kombucha, fuck's the matter with you, but it's made from sweetened tea that has been fermented by SCOBY, um, which is a symbiotic colony of bacteria and yeast, which sounds absolutely disgusting, um, <laughs> but really recently gained prominence in the Western world. Um, there's uh, arguments as to whether it actually does what it says it does. I like. I used to drink it more. Um, I mean, before I started getting free gurus, but um, you know, it's it's nice. You know, you eat too much, you get that little bubbly niceness. Helps you digest. Um, it's good for a hangover. I, mean, I don't know. Do you guys like kombucha? I personally, never had kombucha. Yeah, yeah neither have I. I've never. I'm in the camp you just described. What the fuck's the matter with you? Because until you just explained it, I had no idea what the hell it was. <laughs> so all I could focus on, all I could focus on, is that lazy acronym, SCOBY. I'm just being a, like a grammar nerd here, but like it's a lazy acronym, like SCOBY, because you're using, I don't even want to get into it, but it's like symbiotic colony of bacteria and yeast. So you're using the O from of, but you're not using the A from and. Like you're just literally making an acronym out of something because you want it to be SCOBY, because otherwise you put the A in there, it'd be SCOBY, and you know like the sound of that, so you're going SCOBY. Anyways, that's all I have to say about <laughs> Are you that. you fucking SCOBY do? S- yeah, <laughs> S- yeah, SCOBY do over here. Stupid acronym. Kombucha, super I love hipster. I Apparently, Airbnb Montreal is getting kombucha taps. So, hey, maybe I'll try it out when we get those. That's a, a millennial yeah. uh, trend. But but we've seen other beverage makers uh, do this kind of thing. Coke's got their disgusting new flavors and stuff. Uh, Pepsi's kind of acquiring. Um, it, it, it's the type of thing, like, w- with these beverage makers, they just acquire these smaller companies and try to expand their product reach. So, I, I personally can't say if it's going to be a good move because I've never tried it. But, obviously, it's... Uh, pretty fast growing popular uh drink so i think it's a i think it's a dope move i like it they got to do something it's been uh i think they've lost 20 percent of their share value in the last three months their balance sheet's disgusting uh man family-run companies i don't know yeah (laughs) not a fan they need something they need something yeah so i hope so because obviously being canadians uh molson cores is kind of i guess a more of an iconic uh, canadian company Bro, it's our school, man. John Molson School of Business. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jeff Molson owns the Habs. I mean, the Molson family is a big deal in Montreal. Yeah, there are tentacles everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk quickly. Let's do one more. Let's do one more. Do you want to do the Kentucky Fried Fake Chicken? 
No, not really. Fuck okay. Kentucky Fried. They're doing in the UK. They're doing that vegan chicken. I've tried vegan bacon. It's disgusting. Vegan chicken's okay. We can go on to. I mean, A and W Canada getting rid of plastic straws. Another win for the millennials. Small but important win for the environmental campaigns. I mean, what's the future of the fraud? The straw? The fraud industry? That's it, eh? Had a few too many of these picklebacks. Pretty damn good. What's the though. future of the straw industry? We're we gonna get some portable straws, designable gold straws, Look, or we're we just gonna crumble. I have absolutely zero idea. Yeah. But I'm too. on board with the no straw thing because my boy Tom Brady went on Instagram the other day and he was against it. He said no more straws. He blew. He was very lame, but it was awesome because he's Tom Brady. He doesn't whatever he wants. And he, he had these, like, sustainable straws with him. And he's like, these are what you have to use, not these plastic ones. And he literally looked into the camera and was like, next time you see a plastic straw, one-time use straw, just say no. No straw, I will not fall for your ruse. And it was, like, the most cringeworthy thing, but he's Tom fucking Brady, so it was cool. Yeah, but some of the industries that you, some of the activities that you hold dearest towards you will just crumble. The spitball era will soon be behind I us. I was never a spitball guy. No more popping of McDonald's straws when you twist them and you get your friend to flick them. And there's no more blowing McDonald's. the wrapper into people's faces. So I don't think yes. I ever did any of those things. Oh, well, then you had no childhood. <laughs> <laughs> we, grew up, we, we, we literally grew up together. <laughs> Yeah, I have no comment either, really. I, I never use straws. Even at McDonald's, I just drink it out of the cup. Like a savage. man. Just savage. Tom Suck Brady, it right out of the top hole. What is he doing? Yeah, yeah, he still puts the lid on it. He just sucks it right out of there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He has those big succulent lips of mine. All right, let's let's wrap it up. What do you say? You, you want to do one more? Because I do want to say with the Kentucky Fried Fake Chicken... I wanted to get everyone's favorite fast food joint. This is not like a... Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. There we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. That's right. why Let's you get into it. it. Not a local, you know, it. like a, this there. has to be a chain, um, one that most Gotta people would chain. recognize. Favorite fast food. We'll start with Jimbo. What do you got? Taco Bell. Oh, <laughs> no. What? Oh. How long? Number one? How long? Yourself. I love Taco Number Bell. One. Explain yourself. Oh man! Is that like, a joke? There's, well, who am I missing? Like A.W. McDonald's, like Burger Anything King. Anything else? Subway, yeah. the Taco oh, Bell. Subway's oh. garbage. You yeah, fucking! It's my 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 chalupa. <laughs> it's the best, oh, man. You are a sick man. You yeah. spend way too much time in the states. Seriously, there there's some of the worst tacos I've ever had in my life. <laughs> that and Harvey's. Harvey's is good, but it's only Canadian. Harvey's is pretty good, but shout out to Canada. Taco and they have good Bell. pickles too. What is going on here? Taco Bell? <laughs> oh, it's just goodness. classic, man. Adam, please uh, please redeem our I previous... I think I can do a little better than that. I mean, my favorite has is and has always been Wendy's. Ooh, Wendy's okay. is that's, the way that's to go. That's better, yes. It, look, they just opened one up in Kirkland on St. Charles, out in the suburbs of Montreal, right by my parents' place. Uh, you know, small location, nice drive through I've always been a Wendy's guy. Uh, it's, you know, it's like Har- a little like Harvey's. I can't say it's too dissimilar from Harvey's, but man, those uh, those Baconators, those big bacon classics. I don't even think they sell those anymore. I'm more of a spicy chicken guy myself these days. Mm. Good fries. Uh, whew, Wendy's is the way to go. Dave Thomas, you've done it. Yes. A, a very underrated value menu at Wendy, Wendy's. Wendy's. <laughs> underrated value menu. Um, oh, I love the Frosties, man. 
Get a good old frosty in the summertime. That's oh, delicious. nothing better than a cold frosty on a warm summer night, right? Dip your fries into it. Oh, yeah. Ooh. You're adventurous like that, aren't you? I, I'm an I'm an, a creator, an innovator, you know? <laughs> First mover. I will say uh, I'm going to go with the, the classic, the, the best chain of all time, the most dominant one. Uh, people can try to be all sexy and funny and go differently, but McDonald's is hands down the best fast food. It still is. There's nothing, I mean, there's nothing better than a good old Big Mac combo with a Coke, uh, with like three junior chickens on the side. <laughs> I, McFlurry is fantastic. The, the breakfast is, is second to none, hungover or sober. McDonald's is, is the way to go. Uh, I will say McDonald's. Now, McDonald's is great. It's a classic. I mean, it's a classic for a reason. I remember my my university order this day. Two junior, two junior chickens, a bacon cheese, and a large fry to go. No snack wraps for you, huh? No, I'm not a snack wrap kind really? of guy. Really? Interesting. I would throw one more on there, which I would never would have considered a fast food place. But since, I guess it is, when we think of fast food, we go burgers and fries. But since Jimmy said Subway, I think Subway's terrible. Dagwoods, though. Ooh. Dagwoods is my all-time favorite. I don't want to call it fast food, like quick service joint. Dagwoods is the way to go. Yeah, I think it's local to Quebec. Uh, Quebec it only, is local right? to Quebec. Yeah. There's one location in Canada, Ontario, outside of Ottawa. Other than that, it's Quebec only. And that's kind of what makes it so great in a way. You know, something to be proud of. It's not like a subway all over the world. It's like a Dagwoods. It's Quebec. And it's amazing. No, I agree. Subway is definitely overrated. I've eaten so much Subway and I still do occasionally. But uh, it got us through college. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But I guess as I'm getting older, I just, uh, I, you know what? I can make a better sub at home myself if I go to the grocery store. What you feel? Anyways, that was uh, a gangbusters episode. Big thanks to Adam for coming out. We will not be with you guys next week. Um, busy work for me and Jimbo. Jimbo will be a traveling salesman the next few weeks. So we will be back in about three weeks with a big episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Adam, for coming. And I will send it to Jimmy and Adam for the final sign-off. Adam, you got any uh, final remarks? I just want to say thanks for having me on the show, boys. That was fun. Anytime uh, you want to have me back on, do a couple of pickle jars. What are they called? Picklebacks? Pickleback. Yeah, those two. <laughs> we've, had, we've had a few. We've right? had a few. <laughs> you can't necessarily hear them on the them. podcast, which is a good thing. Uh, it's just a silent little treatment there. Couple modelos in the can. Fun times, boys. Miss you, Spence. Got to see you soon. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks uh, for tuning in, guys. Adam, thanks for coming. Spence, you the man as always. Thanks for uh, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. I said that already. Like Spencer said, it'd be a few weeks till we're back. I'm gonna be uh, got some uh, Chicago action, some Long Beach action, and uh, New York action for some trade shows. But we will be back. I'll be visiting Spence in Toronto soon. Um, and until then, check you later. Peace out. See you soon, guys.